You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday, a.k.a. Happy Mandalorian slash Tad Tad Lasso Day. Tad Lasso, who's that? Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverine's Wire through USA Today Sports, Sports Media Group. Messing up all kinds of words already. That's a great start. Um, we're getting right back into spring preview. We're doing our last one, I believe. I, I believe this does it. We'll just do the whole secondary all at once, um, and uh, and that'll do it. So I think we've covered every other group looking at everything. Um, and then tomorrow we'll get into press conference stuff. Like I said, there wasn't much coming out of Mondays. Uh, the early report was we were going to have a uh, Wednesday press conference. It is now Thursday, but that's going to be interesting. J.J. McCarthy and Amarion Walker. So um, we will uh, get to that stuff, what they had to say uh, on Thursday, maybe even Friday, depending on how much we com- get coming out of that. But today we're going to continue on with the spring preview, thus concluding, because we're not going to do special teams. I mean, I guess maybe we can touch on it, but... It won't be a whole episode. It'll be a segment because in special teams, it's like, okay, we know we know who is you know probably kicking and punting. This year, it's Tommy Doman. We'll see if it's someone else as far as who's returning. A.J. Henning and the cast of characters behind him, you know? So, but let's get to, to the defensive backs, all of the defensive backs, and we'll start with the safeties. Now, on the roster, they're all listed as defensive backs, and there are a ton of them to get through. Uh, so what I would have thought coming out of the season would be, you know, it, I, well, number one, I would have thought that one of DJ Turner and Jamon Green would stay, both left. Good news is, is Will Johnson got a ton of playing time last year. I was going to start with safeties, but apparently I'm doing corners right out the gates. Uh, Will Johnson got plenty of plenty of playing time and was so good that he's like the the third best or something like that corner uh, returning corner according to PFF. Uh, I think that was how high he was. I could be wrong. I'm just going off of memory here. And anyone who watches or listens to this show with regularity knows my memory does not work great. Um, unless you want me to recall something that happened in 1998. Um, but uh, so that's. Uh, that's the good news for Michigan is you've got a guy who is a otherworldly level cornerback for sure. But I would have guessed that the guy opposite him would have been Jaden McBurrows, even though we haven't really seen Jaden McBurrows. Keeping in mind his offer list is and high school tape is what I go off of as to why, I mean, he was a three-star, but when you have at the time that he committed LSU, Alabama, I mean, you're going to be a pretty good, I mean, if you have an Alabama offer, you're pretty good regardless. LSU, probably the same. But if you're a cornerback and you were offered by pre-Brian Kelly LSU, you, if you had an LSU offer, that's a pretty big deal. But he chose to come to Michigan. And he got all kinds of hype from uh, Steve Klinkscale in 2021. And then we didn't see him play it down in 2022. So it's a lot of faith. But the what we've heard had otherwise is Amarion Walker, second year converted 
wide receiver being the guy who Jim Harbaugh calls a unicorn. We hear the the players say he's raw, still learning, but there just seems to be this confidence that he very well could be the starter. And he wasn't even a guy that was brought in as a defensive back. He was brought in with the idea of him being a, a wide receiver. So that's interesting. But the the fact that they feel like that's such a good move and we've seen it work. We saw it work with Mike Sainer still just this last year as a nickelback. And guess what? He's also rotating in on that third spot. Uh, not just at nickel, but also rotating in as a corner opposite Will Johnson. We can certainly see some Will Johnson, Sainer still, Sainer still Walker, Walker Johnson. I think we'll see all kinds of combinations because that's just how those things roll. But the good news is, is doing this early in the spring, and, and this isn't like a new thing. We saw Marion Walker uh, take snaps at defensive back last year against Hawaii. So it, this is something they've been working on a little bit even beforehand. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But you still have the cast of characters behind them that like Jaden McBurrows that I'm waiting to see more from. Miles Pollard, who was in his second year, that I'm waiting to see more from um cody jones is another one that we're waiting to see more from at the cornerback spot uh so those are the more established names i just mentioned a couple guys entering their second year and we'll see miles pollard's a a guy that's in a similar situation as what you way that you would have looked at uh, Jaden mcburrows you just look at his offer sheet. He had like 43 offers or something ridiculous like that, despite being a three-star. So it, that speaks more to me than whatever analyst being out there, it, it, whatever that you know their, their evaluation says. When you have that many offers and they're high level, usually that's going to speak more volumes, right? Everyone in, in the country, all the high-level schools want that guy. It doesn't really matter if he's a three-star. So uh, then on top of that, I think the thing that I'm looking forward to maybe the most in in the spring game outside of Amarion Walker, I'm talking specifically at the position, is Cameron Calhoun and Jair Hill. Jair Hill being the bigger name, but day one of camp, video somehow gets released to someone down south. I don't know how. Uh, They get their hand on a video of Cam Calhoun practice one with a pick six now keep in mind that those guys have been around for a couple months now they got to be involved in bull prep they got to 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 be a part of the team at that critical juncture so that adds to it so it'll be interesting to see how those guys uh cycle in now ultimately when we talk about the corners while i do feel uh, I, I don't want to say good. I feel optimistic about what they're rolling out there. I wouldn't be surprised still if they tried to get a high-end guy via the transfer portal, if for no other reason than insurance uh, after spring ball, because certainly you're going to see certain guys leave and, and what have you. You're, you might not be able to go out and get a Fentrell Cypress-level guy or like the old Miss guy who tra- didn't follow Chris Partridge and said transfer to Ohio State. You, you might not get a guy of that caliber, but maybe you can get just another depth piece. And I think that that wouldn't be surprising, but I, I still, it's a very, it's a group to be very optimistic about. Like I mentioned, Jair Hill, four star, 
Cameron Calhoun is a three-star, but I mean, four-star in our hearts. He committed to Michigan uh, not long after they beat Ohio State, and he's an Ohio native. Cody Jones is a four-star. Um, Will Johnson's a five-star. Jade McBurrows is a three-star. Uh, but again, the offer list, Miles Pollard, who actually, there he is. I was going to say, I don't even see him on here. Uh, Miles Pollard, and I missed a couple guys. I didn't scroll all the way down. Granted, most of these are, aren't necessarily guys that we would normally talk about, but uh, German Green could be in the mix uh, is, is another one that could be absolutely in the mix here. Um, and uh, Keyshawn Harris is one who's gotten mentioned a few times as well, the walk-on. Uh, but most of these guys we're talking about are, are four-star caliber. So it's been a pretty productive recruiting period the last couple of years for Michigan uh, after kind of not having that, which is how you ended up with um, Vince Gray and uh, Jamon Green. Now, they both turned out to be pretty good, but you, you ended up with that, and it didn't work out for a year. And then it worked out the next year because development actually ended up being crucial. All right, well, let's talk about the safeties next, and then we'll give the overall how I think these units will perform uh, after that. Before we do, the midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same day, or sorry, same game parlay. <laughs> Not same day parlay. So don't miss your chance uh, to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I didn't spend enough time, I don't feel like, talking about Mike Sainer still at that nickel position because obviously... That's a big impact position for Michigan and Michigan's defense, and he played it so well. And I think we can expect to see him there a lot as well. That's why I think that they're really hoping Amarion Walker works out there. But him having more flexibility certainly could be a good thing as well because he can do different things. Certainly, they've brought him out on the blitz. Uh, he made the play against Kate Stover, which is the most visible play from that uh, 2022 version of the Ohio State game. Well, one of many. It's not like the 2021 one where the hurdle is probably the one everyone thinks of the most. Uh, <laughs> you've got two Cordelius Johnson touchdowns and two uh, uh, Donovan Edwards touchdowns to contend with. But defensively, that was probably the big one that everyone's going to think about. Uh, Mike Sainer still is the type of guy who shouldn't ever have to buy a drink in Ann Arbor for the rest of his life. Uh, not to mention team captain. And that's where you have a little bit of faith is having a team captain uh, being still part of that group. So I at least wanted to pay a little bit more credence to Mike Sainer still. Veritable star at the position at this point. And uh, did it in a, after having not played defensive back for four years from high school. Cor uh, sorry, we did quarterback safety is a, in an opposite position than corner because you've got essentially three guys for two spots and they're all returning. 
Rod Moore made uh, the PFF returning player list as well. I think he was fifth, the fifth like returning safety. And I, I just don't think he gets enough credence for what he did. Remember, Jim Harbaugh has said that he, you know, he's young. He 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 was basically in college a year before he should have been. He said if he had another year in high school, he would have been a five star. We've see, basically seen that. I mean, he got to get out on the field in 2021 and play against Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa, college football playoff. And and at that point, if you were saying if you were saying a year before that when he was just a commit, like, hey, that three star safety from Ohio that no one's paying any attention to is going to be playing extremely meaningful minutes and a lot of snaps in those games, you wouldn't have a very good feeling. Yet, he was very good, and he followed it up with, again, very good, being the interception leader of the team, uh, having a kind of swagger and a seriousness. Like, it's like he's got a wisdom beyond his years. This is only his third year, which is kind of incredible when you think about it. He's doing things that are similar. He's not the same player, but in a way, he's doing things similar to what Dax Hill was doing at the position. Uh, and has, it kind of made you forget that Dax Hill was a loss on the team in a lot of ways. So that goes a long way. Just the fact that he has been able to do what he's been able to do. Behind him, Makari Page finally stepped into the role that everyone kind of hoped he would coming out of West Bloomfield. Four-star player who just wasn't seeing the field and he was so highly thought of coming out of high school, got coached for a year by, uh, by his high school coach and still wasn't cracking the field when, uh, you know, that he's the guy that's choosing the personnel. You, you wonder, is he ever going to have that time? And then he finally finds his way on the field and does an incredible job. I think his season highlight last year was probably the fourth and one stop on Michigan State. That game feels like such a blur, just kind of given the post game. I don't really remember much from that game, even though I went back and rewatched the entire game afterwards. But Makari Page has found himself settling into a very good scenario. So you got those two guys, and then you got the, the guy who's kind of a tweener between safety and linebacker, and that's R.J. Moten. He is the biggest of the safeties at 223 reported pounds. Kind of looked like he was, uh, like he was cross training during the the bull prep, but we were assured that wasn't really the case. But he kind of is more of a linebacker in look and demeanor and all that kind of stuff. But he's in that rotation. Our, uh, the thing about R.J. Moten though is he's streaky. He has his moments, unlike kind of unlike the other two who who didn't really have long periods of where it just seemed like they were out of place, didn't know what was going on. R.J. Moten has moments of brilliance mixed with moments of streakiness. And you hope going into senior year here for him that it all turns on. I remember the day he committed. It feels like it was forever ago, back in 2019. But uh, it's, it, it's, it's really like put up. This is put up or shut up time for him, but he's still going to see the field a lot. You know what I mean? Like It's not like... It, this is the, the point of like, all right, all right, are you going to make that ascent? Are you going to be that Stevie Brown type who went from being a guy that kind of gets mixed reviews from fans to being like, man, it's going to suck to lose that guy. 
I think that's kind of where he's at. And it's time for him to, to turn it up because he's had the opportunity. He had an opportunity to keep Bakari Page from coming on strong, but it didn't really work out that way. But he, he is also a guy that's like, if he was named a team captain, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. That's something that I've talked about dating back to this time last year, looking forward to this year. I didn't think he was going to be a team captain last year, but I thought that this year could be a year where he's the type of guy where he takes that on. Now, there's only so many team captains go around. I would think that it's Sainer still will continue to have that role. And then outside of him, it, it could be Moten. It could be Chris Jenkins. It could be Nikai Hill Green. Uh, there's multiple guys that could take on that mantle, but RJ Moten definitely screams leadership to me. So granted, I'm going off of a lot of press conference type stuff and just seeing what I see from the sidelines, which maybe doesn't always uh, translate. Behind them, there's two guys that really intrigue me. But actually, before I move on to them, let's talk about uh, the the fourth guy, well, fourth and fifth guys in rotation, and they're kind of interchangeable there. And that's Quinton Johnson, who's back for yet another year, uh, and uh, started to kind of come on late last year, made some plays late last year. We finally got to see him actually on the field in meaningful time here and there. A uh, former four-star that just it just hadn't seemed like it clicked. I know he has had some injury issues, uh, so that's probably why. And uh, the other one, also injury issues, is Caden Colasar, who's long had the love and appreciation of the staff. We saw more wise uh, and special teams uh, got injured in week five at Iowa uh, with his, uh, I think it was an ACL tear, but I can't remember specifically. So, uh that was a that was a bad play. He went down, and William Wagner, the long snapper, both go down on the same play late in the game. But that's your 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 potential five man rotation at safety, and that's kind of amazing even to say, because there was a point with safeties where it really felt like they've got maybe one or two guys, and outside of that, it's scary, you know. Now, now that's that's a five-man rotation that you can at least say. I mean, the three for sure you feel good about. The two behind them, maybe you do. But the good news is, is there's a couple, two other guys that I, I'm still super excited about, and I can't wait to hear more about how they're doing. They're two second-year guys, and it's uh, Zeke Barry and Keon Sab. Keon Sab, if you remember, was a five-star at one point. Yeah, he finishes a four-star. But everyone was all excited about him when it came down to Michigan and Clemson. He commits to Clemson. And then before signing day, he flips from Clemson to Michigan, but he's a four-star, doesn't get that type of accolades. Zeke Berry committed the eve of the uh, Big Ten Championship game in 2021 from uh, California. And uh, I thought he was going to be a first-year impact type of guy, but the guys ahead of him had something to say about that. You hope that they don't get lost Right, because I think that's like what happens with some of these guys that we wait on is they get lost. But uh, he he's just got a, a lot of a lot of talent, and I just think that he's the type of guy that can that certainly if we don't see him a lot this year, I, I would peg him as a starter in year three. And then outside of those two, uh, those two, uh, the only other one is Damani Dent, uh, who uh, was more of the low three star. Uh, but was a guy that the the staff really, really liked. And uh, I believe he was dealing with some injuries last year, so we didn't really get to see anything from him, even on special teams. Uh, but he certainly will have his opportunity. 
So that that's the bulk of the uh, of everybody. I mean, there's certainly walk-ons. Jesse Madden switched from quarterback to the defensive back. Uh, that's uh, John Madden's uh, grandson, and uh, really, that's the that's the bulk of the entire group. It's the corners, the safeties. I have different opinions on those. Let's finish off. I was about to do it right here and now. Let's finish that off here momentarily. I don't know if you can hear Zuri snoring. Gets all, all confused when I start talking. Jumps off the couch. Comes over here. Demands to be pet. And now she's snoring. Well, now she's sighing. And she, she knows I'm talking about her. And it's it's tough being a little puppy. It's real tough. Um. All right. Let's uh let's finish out with my thoughts. It, it it's it is a divergent thought, but at the same time, I I feel good about the whole team. There's no part of it that I don't feel good about. If there is a place where I have a question mark, it's probably cornerback, and that's just strictly because opposite Will Johnson. We're playing with fire to some degree, right? Because Mike Sainer still, did you strike lightning in a bottle twice? Move him from wide receiver to defensive back. And can you put put him at corner and, you know, being a little bit undersized compared to some others? I mean, he's 5'10". Michigan likes more lengthy guys. Did you strike lightning in a bottle twice with one player? Likewise, with Amari and Walker, did you strike lightning in a bottle twice? With the same concept, moving a wide receiver to defensive back. He's a little bit different, of course. Uh, I have to go all the way to the bottom here. 6'4", I believe. 180. 6'3", 180 uh, at that position. So, it'll be interesting to see if that experiment works. I have faith that it will. I feel like the optimism and excitement indicates that it very well will work. Big 10 is not a pass-heavy conference you'll probably see Nebraska I mean I assume I don't know what Matt Rule Nebraska is going to look like they'll probably be a little bit pass heavy otherwise Penn State third to last game of the year Maryland second to last game of the year and Ohio State they're not going to be tested early when it comes to the pass game it's going to be a lot of a lot of run heavy teams I I would bet that with the corners going to look real good up until the third to last week of the season. And then maybe it starts to unravel a little bit. Doesn't mean it's going to completely unravel. It's be like it was last year with the pass defense. Suddenly against Ohio State, they gave up a bunch of yards. And yet they still won by 22. So um, I, I think that the corners will be up for the task. But I feel a lot better about the safeties because we know how good that, that safety group is. So the, the three-headed monster there. And yet, they return intact for another year. And you feel good about having a couple guys who have been around the program for another year getting that opportunity to maybe uh, rotate in, get some experience. Could there be a, uh, you know, could Zeke Barry suddenly be a guy that comes in on rotation and make some big plays? Or Keon Sab? We'll find out a little bit more in spring, probably, especially because these groups are going to be split up. We'll we'll know a lot more about how strong the safeties versus the corners are in the spring game because it will be a split squad, because it isn't the ones versus twos, because it's a draft scenario. 
So we'll have a much better idea, and it will be interesting also to look at the roster to kind of get a good, uh, get a good idea of how things got picked, right? How did who you know who? What was the order? Who who did who picked who when? I don't know if we'll know that for sure, but it feels like the safety group is super solid. Feels like the linebacker group is super solid. Feels like the defensive line and the defensive well more so the defensive line than the edge rushers super solid. Questions on defense are solely edge rusher and cornerback. I think that the fact that that we have questions about them it is it really shows you where this team is because as a whole, not a lot of weakness, so much returning. You know, we look at linebacker. Everybody's returning. You look at safety everybody's returning you look at defensive line all but one returning big loss but all but one returning you look at edge rusher annoyingly you lose your two sack leaders but everyone else returning and you add Josiah Stewart cornerback is the only place where you really lost the entire group essentially and you kind of didn't because Will Johnson got a lot of playing time late and was your second leading guy when it came to interceptions despite only playing from the Rutgers game forward. So, good things. It feels like this team is certainly going to be one to contend with. And I think it's funny when I see the rival fans on either Facebook or YouTube or whatever that love to say Michigan's going to go anywhere between 9-3 and three and 7-5 and five this year, which is like, if that happens, that means... There are insanely big injuries across the board, mixed with underperforming, mixed with other teams that they're playing well outplaying their capability. To wrap it all up, the, the spring preview, essentially, we'll know more on April 1st, but it really feels like this should be no worse than the number two team in the country, and that is wild to think about. Fans should have just as much excitement as they had going into the 2016 season when it kind of felt like this is the this is the shot. There's there was an air around that team. I think that fans should have that similar feeling going into this year. Now, hopefully it doesn't end up being a 10 and 3 team like that one was. I think that this is built much better than that team was. So that's the good news. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We will be back on Thursday talking about uh, press conference stuff, what we heard from uh, J.J. McCarthy and Amarion Walker, and there's one other, I can't, one other I can't remember who. Uh, we'll figure out Friday, and we'll do a mailbag on Saturday. That's the plan. Thank you for watching, and thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace. Peace.